good morning and welcome to Driving Theology. My name is Mike and I'll be your host today. <clears throat> it is in the States still, November 3rd. Here in Japan it's November 4th. Uh, election Day, Presidential Election Day 2020. Uh... A lot of attention is going to be on on this election. Has been on this election, really. Uh, it's probably one of the most... I don't know. I'm not sure if it's the craziest election ever, but in my lifetime, I feel like this is even worse than, than 2016 because nobody thought Trump had a chance. Um, anyway... It is election day, but I want to talk about a different kind of election today. Um, just to reiterate um, what I've been saying, I don't necessarily uh, support Biden over Trump. My my agenda is supporting the kingdom of God over the political structures of the world. And the kingdom of God is a political structure. Make no mistake. Uh, the kingdom of God is the ideal political structure where we have a benevolent sovereign leader who cannot lose his office and will never lose his office. He is completely sovereign over his kingdom. And in his sovereignty, he has given mankind free will. Let's see if I can stop some rattling here. Okay, let me let me run that back. So in his sovereignty, he's chosen not to act like a sovereign of the world. Okay? But to share his sovereignty with mankind. And those who choose to enter the kingdom of God enter into a country where they are not lorded over like they are in the world, whether it be uh, democracies, authoritarian, authoritarian, I can't say it today, authoritarian governments, oligarchies, republics, uh, monarchies, right? Uh, they, they are not lorded over as these structures lorded over people in the world. The Lord of the kingdom of heaven, in his sovereignty, has chosen to partner with everybody in his kingdom to make them sovereign in his kingdom, in a sense. Uh, even though by the world's standards, we are not worthy of such an honor. Because of the way he has chosen to see us uh, blameless, without fault, without sin, white as snow, 
because he's chosen to see us this way. We are able to share in his sovereignty. And the sight, right, and the decision of Christ uh, is law. So it's not that he has chosen to overlook our faults. It's that he has erased them. He's wiped them clean. They don't exist. His reality is the ultimate reality. Uh, And so we are called the elect or the called out or the chosen or the anointed ones, right? We, we, are, we are chosen to, to live in his kingdom uh, here on earth. And what that means is uh, we, we have become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We uh, have renounced our citizenship to the world. Okay, so it's a superstructure. Now, Paul remained a citizen of Rome while he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus was a uh, a member of the tribe of Judah uh, from the nation uh, of Judah, right? Part of Israel. He didn't lose that even though he was also ushering in and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. But what happens is that all other allegiances to groups or countries uh, or families, races, all other allegiances become subject to our citizenship of heaven. Right? That is the one whom we identify with. The world identifies us in a different way, and that's okay. Right? Why wouldn't they? Uh, but the question is, do we identify ourselves as citizens of heaven to the point where all other allegiances, affiliations, pale in comparison to the hope that we have in the kingdom of heaven. So I'd say today is also election day. Today is a day that you can uh, elect to be mostly identified by, uh, by that reality, the reality that you are a citizen of heaven, that you have been accepted as a citizen of heaven. And I think that that reality, if it doesn't supersede all other affiliations, uh, ceases to have any effect at all. It loses its purity. It becomes corrupted by the world. There's another phenomenon where, and I've spoken of this before, um, but there's another phenomenon where people become confused on exactly where the kingdom of heaven is to be found. And many people seek to find it in their worldly uh, alliance. So in America, this becomes being an American, right? To, To be an American is to be a Christian, is to be in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the agenda of America uh, 
does not differ from the agenda of the church that America somehow is has become the church in a way now people don't necessarily verbalize it that way but they place so much of their hope in the politics and the direction of American politics as to make their citizenship as an American above their citizenship in heaven and the lines become blurred uh, and that's what has happened now in American patriotism uh, I haven't seen much um, oh, what's the word much allowance for um, Jesus and the way that he has lived to influence the way Christians are in America today. It's less about that and more about the agenda of America and then, and then bending uh, the Bible, and often the Old Testament, to somehow justify America's political agenda. And any country is the same. And, and America is not just a country, though. America is an empire. It is a country that rules other countries. Um, it's a conquering nation. Uh, it does so in different ways uh, these days than it has perhaps in the past. Um, sorry, I got distracted for a second. Um, so, yeah, there, people do not allow for Jesus to affect the direction that American Christianity goes, uh, but instead uh, focus on the agenda of America itself. Um, and this is a problem, right? It's a problem when we put all of our hopes, our religious hopes, into an election of human beings, neither of which, as far as I can tell, have lived holy and blameless lives, selfless, right? Lives of truth, lives of honesty and integrity. Uh, in fact, I think most people would say it's, it's impossible to become a politician in America and live that way. Now, I, I don't deny that there's a possibility that God will use and has used everybody in office to advance the kingdom. But what I would say is I don't believe God has a preference on who is at the, the, the lead of, of countries. I think he just he takes what, what, he ha what he gets and, and uses it to further the kingdom through his influence. Right? God, God is an influencer. He's not, he's not an enforcer. God is an influencer. Um, I recently watched uh, the three Lord of the Rings movies. I watched all three in about two days. I had a couple days off. 
They're probably my favorite trilogy of all time. I, th I think they beat any of the Star Wars trilogies. Uh, and I think they're better than The Hobbit as well, though I love The Hobbit too. Gandalf. Okay, so... Gandalf is obviously a character, a main character in the Lord of the Rings. And one thing is that the Lord of the, one thing that the Lord of the Rings do not seem to embrace or allude to directly is the existence of God. You don't hear them saying or doing things in the name of of God or a deity of this deity or that deity. It's really interesting. I, surprising. It's surprising that Tolkien left that out. Um, but knowing him, he did nothing on accident. <clears throat> Tolkien, as we know, was a devout Catholic uh, who, who had some kind of a grasp on theology. Um good friends with C.S. Lewis. And so there, there is no, as far as I can remember, and I just watched it, and, and I've watched it so many times, I don't think there's any reference to the fact that we're doing this for God or in the name of God. And yet, there are characters, archetypal characters, of course, throughout the Lord of the Rings, one of which is Gandalf, that I believe fits the idea of Christ, in a sense. Uh, he is nearly eternal, Gandalf. He, he said he had lived 3,000 lives of men. The average life of a man is 50 years. You take 3,000 uh, times 50 uh, and you get something like 3,000 times 50. Anyway, it's a lot of years. It's a whole lot of years. 150,000 or something like this. 3,000. Wait, 50 should be able to do this. It's going to be 3,000 3, times 10 would be 30,000. 3,000 times 10 would be 30. Uh, it's a lot. I think it's 150,000 years. I, all he said was he had lived 3,000 lives of men. And he doesn't die at the end. Okay, so he comes and, then, and he goes, and yet he's been alive for basically forever and will live forever. But, but the way Gandalf works, his, his mode of operation is to use all of his powers for good. He seems to have zero ambition okay he's very knowledgeable because he's lived so long he's good right down deep he's good 
Uh, he's accused of not being good by those who are corrupted. Uh, but as you see, uh, he, he is engaged in the fight against evil. But the way he chooses to work is nearly as a man. I mean, he, he has all of this uh, accumulated vast knowledge. He obviously has powers. He has tools. But the way he decides to work is through influence, right? And anytime he does do something um, forcefully, it's, it's an obvious good, right? It's to save someone else. So though he may, uh, you know, he, he may stop someone's, I'm thinking of Lord Denethor, when Lord Denethor is trying to uh, burn his, his half-alive son and himself commit suicide, uh, Gandalf intercedes. And he stops the death of uh, Faramir, but does not stop basically the suicide of Lord Denethor. Okay, so he he protects the rights of one man to live, but doesn't interfere in one man's will to die. Um, and to me. That that's a, that that's a that's a a mark of open theology, where God works in the world, right? He works. He he doesn't just sit back and make decisions, and his decisions become law. He's actually out in the world working, influencing, pleading, convincing, modeling by example how we should be in the world and the type of lifestyle that that will bring salvation to many and I mean now not not at the end of days so watching Gandalf makes me think that perhaps he is a kind of Christ uh, and then you have somebody like Saruman uh, Saruman seems to be a kind of Satan or, or a tool of Satan where he started off good uh, but at some point he is corrupted uh, by Sauron uh, into wow I just ran a red light oops uh, he is corrupted by Sa Sauron into joining him uh, in the quest to defeat Middle Earth because he's lost all hope in men. He thinks men are evil, elves are evil. Uh, basically, he's judgmental. And because he's judgmental, he believes that everybody except himself uh, deserves to die. And so he chooses uh, to join the strongest, what he deems as the strongest uh, side to be on. And so instead of joining uh, the men or the elves, uh, not all men, some men joined uh, Sauron's army. Uh, but Sodomon is convinced and convicted to work for evil, though he would he probably thinks in his mind that he was working for good.
but it's because he wants to win, right? That that is revealed as his highest his highest principle, not to be good, but to win, to be on the side of the victor. Uh, in the end, of course, he loses everything, uh, including his life. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really interesting um, how I think Gandalf might be modeled after uh, kind of an open theology uh, type of idea. Uh, open theology, if you don't know, uh, is the idea that that the world is not determined as far as uh, being destined to do this or that and we can't change anything. Open theology is the idea that God being infinitely knowledgeable knows and can estimate to a very high degree the direction that the world will go, right? He has vast knowledge that he can read the times, right? He can read the world as one reads a book uh, and and has, uh, you know, the highest IQ of all time, obviously, uh, and he can predict the direction that the world will go, and so he predicts moves that need to be made in order to correct the course of mankind, uh, in order to bring them, uh, bring the entire world into the kingdom of heaven, and so he doesn't know the future in in the sense that that all of, all of all of the future is destined. He's just so incredibly intelligent and knowledgeable and wise that he can predict what will happen and therefore he is constantly, as Gandalf was, influencing uh, people to partner with him in order to bring about uh, a desired outcome. I'm sure that's not all of open theology. That's as much as I understand at this point. Um, but it certainly makes a lot of sense of why the world is the way it is. Um, it makes a lot of sense of things. Um, <clears throat> so, being the elect, right, which is another word for the the church, the ecclesia, the called out, the chosen. Uh, ecclesia, uh, the idea of the ecclesia are, uh, is the, 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 the council or the gathering, um, um, which comes directly from Greek democracy, right? Ecclesia uh, were sort of like city councils who would get together and, and vote on different things. We are the, the called out, right? We are the elect. But making us elect does not make us elite. What it does is gives us the ability to be a part of this healing storm that 
God is working and working up so that it will eventually eventually cover the entire earth. So yes, today's election day. But every day is a day for the elect. Wow. Yeah, I may have to put that on Facebook. That's pretty good. And it doesn't matter who is elected. God will continue to use and 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 uses the wrong word to influence right to gently nudge events in a positive direction so that the kingdom of God will one day be the only kingdom left on earth otherwise known as heaven what people think about heaven Oh, by the way, what is this I'm drinking? I am drinking a Nicaraguan coffee called Casablanca, which my daughter just brewed. Oh, it's tasty. I guess I roasted about... When did I roast this? It's been two weeks, almost two weeks. Oh, it's good though. I don't know if I taste any notes. I always taste coconut when I taste this. Very light and nutty. May not be coconut. Could be macadamia nut. Yep. Definitely definite nutty flavors. Sweetness. Nutty. Mm. Good. It's just nutty. Yeah, so I have been pretty vocal about what's going on in the American election. And I continue to be a critic of of Donald Trump. But it's all because I you know, I'm I'm rooting for him in a sense like I just don't think he can he can be the kind of influence he needs to be. I don't think he'll ever be in a spiritual position where he can hear the voice of God until until humility uh, enters into him. It's just not possible. And until you become humble to the point where you realize that God's way is far and above better than your way, uh, None of the decisions you make uh, will be of God, at least not on purpose. And that's the case for all of us. Donald Trump just happens to be a man in power. And what bothers me the most is when the elect choose to put all their hopes in the election. That is not um, it's not healthy I'm going to have to pause take a phone call maybe I can okay I'm back I didn't take the phone call after all I'll call her back later 
Um, that that's been my my hope all along is to hopefully jiggle <laughs> jiggle this this political tree and and try to help some of those uh, those people who are ensnared in this false hope this false gospel uh, to, to fall free of it to, to become unsnared um, I think Paul said it is for freedom you have been set free or if the sun sets you free then you are free indeed uh, we should not be ensnared in anything anything at all we should be free uh, not only not only uh, that, but we shouldn't even be ensnared in the church, right? That's that's not how. That's not how Jesus is. He doesn't wish wish to keep us in the church by uh, by fear or by shame, right? Uh, he wants us to freely enter in of our own will, with only truth. Um, but there are a lot of people, there are a lot of the elect who are ensnared in this election. Uh, and my only hope is that, is that people will be freed from that. Uh, because it, it's, a, it's a kind of oppression. Not, not everybody who's oppressed realizes they are oppressed. Myself included, right? Any, anything that you are ensnared in uh, is oppre is oppressive. It's it's oppressing you. Uh, you may take um, you know temporary joy from it. Uh, it may make you feel good. You may be addicted to it to the point where uh, it's hard to go through a day without uh, indulging in it. Whatever that may be, whether it's alcohol, politics, sex, whatever. Right, but all of those forces use the lure of temporary pleasure to ensnare you long term, and politics is one of those. Uh, and I'll be glad uh, when when this election is finally behind us, um, and I, I need to make some changes. It, it became, I think, it's taken up too much of my time, and I think a lot of us could say that. Um, but I certainly can say it. It's taken up too much of my time. I just hope that some people will be disillusioned with politics to the point where they will get back to participating in in the the kingdom of God. Right? Exercising their citizenship in the kingdom of God is vastly more rewarding, both in the short term and the long term than anything else the world could offer. And so my, my hope has been that, you know, people might jiggle free, right? Might might be released from that. Because it, it is a false gospel, right? It it promises that uh, it promises to deliver that which only Jesus ever delivers. And that's that's been every every political campaign throughout history. All right. What what if politics 
always promised, and politicians, they've always promised to bring prosperity, to bring peace, to protect you from your enemies, uh, to lift you out of poverty. Um, Goodness, what else is there? I mean, all of these things they've never delivered, not on a universal scale. None of these things has ever been realized. And yet they keep promising, right? And just like just like the fisherman continues to put his lure out there and, and haul in fish, uh, politicians continue to throw their, their promising lures in the water and we continue to bite. And it's one thing for the world to bite, it's another thing for the elect to bite. But we're duped just like everybody else. We'll lower taxes. We'll raise your income. We'll create more jobs. We'll give you universal health care. Right? Uh, so, politics from the beginning have been attempting to supplant the place of Christ. Uh, they have been hijacking Christ's promises, putting their own stamp on it, and then shipping it back out in a lot of ways. Um, so I think, I think we as the elect, we can safely reject politics. I think it's safe to reject it. I don't think there's any danger in refusing to participate in the political system. I don't think there is. I, I can't see a danger in refusing to participate. If you must know, I did not vote. I've only vote, voted once in my lifetime when I lived in the States. I've been in Japan 25 years, going on 26 years now. I'm not allowed to vote here. I could vote absentee. I almost did this year. I was close. I uh, printed out all of the stuff for the absentee ballot and almost sent for it, but I didn't because I, I just didn't have a clear idea of which, which direction was the right direction. And I realized, and I realize now more, that neither direction is the right direction. That they both fail. And neither one of them can deliver on the promises which they make. There's only one candidate that can do that. He's not running for American power. He's already Lord of the Kingdom of Heaven. He's just waiting for us to enter in. And once you enter in to the Kingdom of Heaven, once you experience what it is to live under the Lordship of Christ, no other country can lure you. 
And I, I pray I've experienced enough of the kingdom to know that, that I won't be lured again away. I think, I guess the, the danger is always there. I think we can forget. But Jesus, your kingdom is so much better than anything the world offers. It's more welcoming. It's more prosperous. It's healthy. It's holistically healthy for the for the, the people and the animals and the earth. Jesus, I just pray that your your kingdom would would spread over the world. Uh, uh, just like the sky surrounds the earth. Um, everywhere. May it come soon. And may the elect choose to enter into it. The way is narrow, not because few enter. Although few have entered. I think the way is narrow because it's just hard to see. The world blinds us. The way of the world is much easier to see. Much, it's easier to get on that road than it is to find the way to the kingdom. The way to the kingdom is, is narrow in a sense. Uh, but it certainly is large enough for all mankind to be on it. It's just that not many do. We're, we're, everybody's so ensnared by this or that or the other. I think you have to be free to find the narrow gate to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I think we've got to be free, relatively free. Hmm. Yep, that's what I think. what I think. Well, I am coming into the kindergarten, so I'm going to have to shut you guys off. Go from talking theology with you guys uh, to <laughs> singing <laughs> singing songs with kids. <laughs> so weird in my life. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, Yep. Remember, uh, you are the elect. You are the elect. You are chosen. All right. Well, you guys have a wonderful day. See you next time. Bye.